Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, and then Nehemiah chapter 1, and mark your places there. I appreciate the good song. I do need him more today. And we are blessed by the goodness of God. We need to stay hungry for him. Hebrews chapter 11, and then Nehemiah chapter 1. I'll be there in just a few minutes. I want to preach this morning on the subject, vision of a better way. Vision of a better way. I feel like the last two Sundays I preached... um, an easy message to listen to. I preached on uh, God taking our place, Christ taking our place on Calvary. But this morning it will require you to pay attention and I believe it will be worth your listening this morning as I preach on a vision of a better way. I preached on vision, one of my favorite subjects to preach on many times in the 35 years, but there's a part of the message I've never preached on that I want to give you today about vision and doing God's will, and I want you to hear me as I preach the message of vision of a better way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray because I do in fact hunger for the wisdom of God and the power of God, and I claim those two promises that you will give wisdom and you will give your power to him who is thirsty and I hunger and I thirst for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I believe this truth can help every age person and every Christian here this morning and those folks that are watching online this morning if we will listen Uh, to the word of God, and I pray our attention would be given on purpose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. According to the words of Noah Webster, the word vision means something imagined to be seen, though not real. Something imagined to be seen, though not real. Moses, as you know, was raised in Pharaoh's home. The providential hand of God is seen in the life of Moses. When he was born, he was born in a time that uh, the Pharaoh had ordered for all the male children to be killed. His mother was a woman of faith, and so she put uh, Moses in a basket, and she put him in the water, And uh, in the providential workings of God, Pharaoh's daughter went down to the water and she saw the basket and the baby inside and she brought the child home. It's a funny passage of scripture to me when Pharaoh says there will not be a deliverer raised on my watch and God said not only will there be a deliverer raised on your uh, watch, I'm going to raise him on your knee. And God did. And there came a time that Moses was an adult and he could have inherited many things there in the land of Egypt because of being raised the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But I want you to notice in verse number 24 what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Moses. That word faith is akin 
to the word vision. Now, it's a tad different, but it is akin to the word vision. Uh, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, there's more to it than that. And here's what it says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses had a vision of a better way. Now, I don't think Moses knew exactly what that was or what it would be, but he believed or he envisioned God's promises to be better than Satan's provision. Would to God, we had a generation of Christians that were more interested in God's promises, though they are unfulfilled, than Satan's provision that they see. The things of this world, they're going to be gone. Ah, but the promises of God, they are not only for here, they are eternal. Now Moses didn't really have a plan and say, this is what I'm going to do. But he trusted in the promises of God and God provided the plan because he had a vision of a better way. The Bible says where there is no vision. If you can't imagine things being better, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now we can apply this to every area of life. I'm going to apply it to the work and the importance of the local church this morning. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now keepeth the law. He's talking about the word of God. And he's saying it's better for you and I to hold on the promises of God than it is to be satisfied with what Satan shows us in this world. I would ask this morning that the Lord would help us to have a vision of a better way and that better way being the promises of God in his word. As I look at those in the Bible that had a vision for God, that vision did not begin with a plan. It began with a believer believing there was a better way and that better way was based on the word of God, based on the promises of God. And I could give a long list of people that had a vision of a better way than what they were living in or where they were headed because of God's promises. I could give a list, but I want to give just one, and my favorite being that of the Old Testament uh, individual or character of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah is a book of a man with a vision. Now, not necessarily a plan. Now, we know how it turned out because we can look back and uh, see it perfectly in hindsight. Nehemiah didn't really have a plan. He knew that there just had to be a better way than the way things were. I don't know about you today, uh, but I I, I don't want to be satisfied uh, with the things of this world. I want to have a vision that comes from the promises of God in our life. 
the promises of God there. Uh, we get a hold of them by faith. We have a vision of what God desires to do. The need of our day is for God's people to have a spiritual vision to see a better way. I believe this morning our church ought to have a vision for reaching those that are without Christ. We cannot be satisfied that you and I know Christ is Savior and our families are saved. There's a world without Christ and they, uh, there must be a way and a better way uh, that we can reach even more uh, with the gospel of Christ. Our, our church must have a vision for teaching and training our young people to live their lives to the fullest of the will of God. I believe God's will is filled with blessings. I believe God's will is filled with joy and filled with gladness. I don't want our children to be deceived by the uh, things of the world, but I want them to live their life uh, on the promises uh, of the will of God. Our church must have a vision for children, for teens, for college students, for families to know and experience the will of God for their lives. The will of God is a life of joy and gladness. Hence, that's the purpose of our Sunday school. Uh, that's the purpose of our teen department. Uh, that's the purpose of our camp, Circle C Baptist Ranch. Uh, that's the purpose for Clay's Mill uh, Christian Academy. That's the purpose of Commonwealth Baptist College, helping young people to open this book uh, by example and principle of saying, there's a better way. Folks, can we not look around us and see that our world is on that broad road to destruction and every day and it seems that every hour as we see the news and the breaking news of another shooting, another drug overdose, another crime and there is a better way and that better way is in this book right here. Young people, listen, the will of God is a way to live life. The will of God is a way to find the joy and gladness of life. Where there's no vision, the people perish. I love this illustration of Nehemiah. Let me give you the setting and then we'll go through some verses here. And I hope that we can get a hold of this to the place we can apply it to our lives. The people of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, they were in a terrible condition. More than a hundred years earlier, Nebuchadnezzar and the armies of Babylon had invaded Israel and had destroyed the cities and taken many of the Jews away as slaves and captives. The Jews needed somebody that had a vision. Now, what is a vision? A vision of a better way. Uh, somebody that would say, you know, there's got to be a better life than living the life of a servant. Uh, there, there's got to be a better a life than living uh, here in this uh, broken down city and this place that is a, uh, used to be and a has-been place. Uh, th there needs to be somebody with a vision that can see the place restored. They needed someone, and that individual was Nehemiah. Now, I'm not going to study his character this morning, but it is an interesting study uh, that Nehemiah had a vision for a better way. You and I see today that we live in a day where the walls of morality and virtue in our society have been torn down and the gates of decency are burned uh, with the fires of hatred uh, for God. Uh, we can't just let life go on as it is. Uh, we must make a difference in the lives of others for a better way as did Nehemiah. Uh, we need Nehemiah and others. Nehemiah said, I and some few men with me. We need people of vision today. You need a vision. A part of the vision of the local church 
I believe we've made some difference for truth and right in our state, but we can't quit, we can't stop, we can't be satisfied. We have to reach this generation for Christ. Now, there are four things I want to show you in the message today. First of all, Nehemiah's vision was a purpose that became greater than his life. It wasn't something he did part-time, wasn't it? Something that he did occasionally. Uh, his vision became his purpose uh, that was greater than life. Uh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. Nehemiah had a good life. Though he was a captive, he was doing well where he was. He was blessed. He had all of his needs met. He was working for the king. So he had uh, the best of food. He had the best of living quarters. He had the best of everything. But he asked the question of his brothers that had come to see him from uh, Judah, from Jerusalem. He said, how are things in Jerusalem? And they said, it's terrible. Uh, the people are reproached. The walls are broken down. The gates are burned with fire. When he heard that, it made, it, it, it made something happen in his heart. Let me ask you this morning. Does it not break our hearts to hear of what's going on in our nation today? I, and I'm not talking about just in, in the, the West Coast or the Left Coast or whatever you want to call it. I'm talking about in our town. I don't know how many shootings we've had this week in our town. I, I don't know how many drug overdose. I, I don't know how much we've had this week. But does it not concern us? Can, can, we, can we turn our backs on that? Do we have a right to ignore that? Do we have a right to say if that's the way they want to live, then, then let them live? Or do we not have a responsibility to find those children and teens and men and women that want a better way and say, there's a better way. There, there, there is a better life. And so it became a purpose. This, this vision of Nehemiah became a purpose that was bigger than his life. And second of all, I want to point out quickly, his vision brought about some personal problems. He had to leave his comfort zone. He had to leave his comfort zone. He had to leave his life of ease. He had been blessed. He'd been a good man. He'd been cared for. But as Haggai said, as, they, as he went and preached in the days of the rebuilding of the temple and years later after the life and work of Nehemiah, and they'd come to a place they'd quit, he said, is it right for you to sit in your sealed house and the house of God lie waste? You, 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 you can't live and die in comfort. Folks, God didn't save us just to live and die in comfort. God saved us to make a difference for others. So it caused some personal problems. And I'll, I'll go on from that because the third and fourth point is what I want to spend the next hour and 15 minutes on. And uh, I, I, I want you to hear. I've got 16 minutes. I've got to move on. The third thing, his vision brought him to a place of prayer. Now, one thing I want to point out, he, it, he didn't have a plan. He didn't say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one and two and three and four and five, and I'll fix this problem. He saw the need. He saw the problem. But what the vision did, it took him to a place of prayer. Everything we do in life must have an anchor 
It must have a foundation that is unchanging and unlovable, and that's just and 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 that's just what God is. All of the programs of our society, they come and they go and they may meet an immediate need, but things change and they end up being a waste of money and our our, our nation is terribly in debt today and the problem gets worse. Why? Because we're not approaching the problem on a solid foundation and basically I'm saying what the world needs is Jesus. So he went to God in prayer. Folks, faith is not a stab in the dark. Faith is a stand on the word of God. He knew he needed to go to God. Now I've outlined his prayer and I'll just read simply uh, the outline of prayers. He went to God in Nehemiah chapter 1. In verse number 5, he begins by praising God and recognizing who God is. Let's look at it. We look at the problem. Sometimes we're overwhelmed by the problem. The Philistine army saw Goliath and they were overwhelmed by Goliath. But David didn't begin his looking, looking at Goliath. He began his looking, looking at God. And that's where Nehemiah started. Verse number 5, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. He begins by praising God. He praises God for his superiority. He praises God for his strength. He praises God for his sovereignty. Now if I was a politician trying to solve all the problems of the world, I would be frustrated. I'm glad I'm not. I am a preacher. I am a Christian that has a God that I am, I am sure I am completely sure can solve the problems of our nation. I'm completely sure can solve the problems of broken homes. Can com I'm completely sure that God can. When David faced Goliath, he said, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, of the God of heaven, God's fighting name, and we cannot approach the need on our ability. We have to approach the need on who God is. So he begins his prayer. His purpose brought him to prayer. And his prayer praised God. Second of all, I want you to notice it involved penitence or he, or he confessed sin. He said, the problem has come about by our sin. Our world today is trying to figure out. They're talking today. They're saying, you owe us money because our parents and our grandparents, our great-grandparents were mistreated. Time out just a minute. The problem in America is S-I-N. And the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And friend, we can talk about all of these things and look to lay blame all we want, but until we as spiritual people, as God's people can say, as Nehemiah said in verse number 6, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. 
Nehemiah had a vision of a better way. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have the answer. But his vision, his vision took him to the place of prayer. When he went to the place of prayer, he began that by recognizing who God is. We have to see something greater than the problem, greater than the need, and only God is greater. Second of all, he confessed his sin. Third of all, it involved the promises of God. It involved the promises of God. Look at verse number 8. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commanded thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. And that's exactly where they were. Verse number 9. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heavens, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. He said, God, the same people you scattered, you can bring them back together if we turn to you. The need of our nation is turning to God in repentance of our sin and asking for God's help. This whole country needs a prayer meeting, not another political meeting. This country needs a turning to God, uh, not another uh, group of folks coming together with good ideas. And my purpose is not to be critical of that, but to say that's not the answer. Christ is the answer, and we must go to him. And that's what he said. He said, I remember your promise. You said if we don't obey you, we don't serve you, you're going to scatter us. Well, here we are, scattered. But you also promised that if we'll turn to you, you'll bring us back to the place of blessing. And that's what America needs. That's what our churches need. That's what our communities need, is to come to the place that we turn the television off and turn back to God. Now let me give you the next statement. It involved not only in praise, it involved penitence, it involved promises. Then I want you to notice next, it involved partners. Look at verse number 11. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants. You know what he was saying? This is not my vision, this is our vision. Will you join me in praying for the need of our day. God, will you hear not only my prayer, will you hear our prayer? Folks, it'll take a team. It'll take all of us to make a difference for the cause of Christ. God's looking for a people to show this nation and to show our families and to show another generation a better way. Vision is of a better way. I want you to notice there's no plan here. His vision has taken him to prayer. And when he goes to God in prayer, he praises God for who he is. He confesses his sin. He claims the promises of God. He works to bring others together. And then it involves petitions. He begins to get specific and he looks for an open door of opportunity to make a difference. Verse number 11. The second part. Hear the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee. Thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer. Now here's what he's saying. Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know what we're going to do. But Lord, I work for the king. And you can't go to the king unless the king requests you to come to him. And I need to talk to the king. Here's what he's praying for. 
Lord, open the door of opportunity. I fear that so many times we want to do something big for God and we pass up simple doors of opportunity. You know, I can't save, I can't see the whole world saved, but I can win somebody to Christ this week. And somehow we get the idea, if I can't win them all, I'm not going to win any of them. No, I need to look for the open door of opportunity, and that's what Nehemiah is praying for. Now, the final part of the message, and I want you to get a hold of this. Oh, I love this. First of all, uh, we see he had a vision, and that, and that became a purpose bigger than his life. The second thing we see, it caused him some personal problems, or it took him out of his comfort zone. Then he didn't know what to do, so he went to the God of heaven, which is the smartest thing to do. Now, number four, his vision brought him to prayer that brought him to the providence of God. I love this. I love this. It brought him to the providence of God. He didn't say, God, I have a plan I want to tell you about. He said, God, I need you to show me. I need you to guide me. And that's exactly what God did. God began to work and guide in his life. I remember as a teenager, 16, 17, 18 years of age, I hungered to give my life to God. I, I, I read the stories of Joseph and Daniel and the three Hebrew children. I read the stories of Nehemiah and the stories of the prophets. I read the stories of uh, Josiah, the young king. I read the stories of the disciples in the New Testament and the story of the little boy uh, who gave his lunch to Jesus that fed uh, the 5,000. I read the stories of those that gave their lives to God. They had a vision, a vision of a better way. They didn't have a plan. Uh, they, they didn't know what they're going to do. They just said, God, I, 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 I know there's a better way. And as I yielded my life to God in prayer, it was amazing how the providence of God began to work in my life and give me opportunities to serve God. An opportunity to work in a bus route. Uh, the opportunity to be a bus captain. The opportunity to preach to teenagers. Uh, the opportunity to preach at times uh, when the church uh, uh, needed a preacher. Uh, the opportunity to study and prepare for ministry. Uh, God's providence began to work. I can't tell you that 35 years ago I put a plan together and we're exactly at where that plan was. I didn't do that. We don't do that. We go to God in prayer and we yield ourselves and say, God, I want your providence to guide me and to direct me. Oh, I love how God works in this. And God guided Nehemiah through the paths of providence and he opened the doors of opportunity. God began to move in the hearts of the kings. You read through this and they began to give to Nehemiah. Do you know the heart of the king's in the hand of the Lord? The heart of the king's in the hand of the Lord. What we need are men of vision that want to see a better way for our children, for our nation, for this next generation coming. And I want to tell you something. The world is after our children. Now if you read the words of a song that was just recorded in June how the homosexual crowd, they make fun of the preacher and they said, we're going to get your children. They said, we'll do it quietly and subtly. Now I asked, I asked the attorney general, I said, what does that mean? They're going to get my children. That sounds criminal. They laughed at the preacher 
that talks about dressing proper and, 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 and dressing decent. They said, you can keep them from San Francisco, you can keep them from the disco, but we're going to get your children. Now, somebody's got to have a vision of a better way. I don't know about you, but I'm not about to sit back and let the devil have another generation of children and let the devil have uh, the children uh, that are sitting right here in this auditorium. There must be people of vision that go to God in prayer. And as Nehemiah went and he yielded to the providence of God, and I see that story. I could have used the book of Ezra this morning. I could have used the book of Haggai. I could have used the book of Habakkuk. I could have used uh, uh, Peter uh, and uh, in, in the New Testament and Paul and his missionary journeys. And can I tell you, Paul didn't have a plan. He yielded to the will of God. In Acts chapter 16, Paul said, I'm going to go back through Asia. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go there. He said, I'll go to Bithynia. Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go there. He said, I'll go to Mysia. He said, you can't go there. Paul spending the night in prayer. I said, Paul spending the night in prayer. Paul wasn't a lazy kind of a preacher that just laid around waiting for something to do. He pursued the God of heaven. He had a vision for the world to know Christ as Savior. And in the midnight hour, he heard the cry from Macedonia and the gospel began its journey west and came to America where we are today because of, God's, uh, because of Paul's plan. No, because of the providence of Almighty God. What is a vision for God today? A vision says there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way than drugs and alcohol for young people. There has to be a better way than the things of the world that are so empty. Solomon said, I tried all of them. You can't name anything I didn't try. And every single one of them were the same. Vanity, and that means empty. There is a better way. And that's God's way. That, that, that is God's way. Would you agree with me this morning that we desperately need people of vision? You say, I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Go before God in prayer and say, God, I want to see a better way. God, I need you to work in my life. I praise you for who you are. You are the answer. I confess my sin. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a failure. But I want a better way for me, for my family, for those that are around me. God, give me opportunities to make a difference. I promise you God will work in your life. You'll have opportunity to witness and win folks to Christ. You'll have opportunity to bring folks to Sunday school, to bring folks to church. There's a better way, thank God. He is a better way. Commonwealth Baptist College was once a vision. I didn't really have a plan. I just knew there was a need. Today it's a reality. Circle C Baptist Ranch one day with just a vision. There has to be a better way in the summertime for our kids. There has to be a place where we can go and we can learn to walk with God. We can learn that it was a vision. You say, preacher, what was your plan? Well, my plan got scrapped three times back. But the providence of God brought it to reality. I'm watching it happen today. This building right here wasn't in my plan, but the providence of God's good for me. I'm watching God work in that building. What was my plan? Well, we were going to be in it six months ago. My plan. 
God's providence is so much better. Here's the thing. Don't leave your place of prayer. Don't leave your place saying, oh God, you are the answer. You're the great and mighty one. You're the one that's in control. And God, I confess our sin. And God, I claim your promises. You said if we would seek you, you would bring blessing and you would bring prosperity. Folks, we have to believe the word of God. The answer is not in any political figure. The answer is not any political program. It's not in conservatism. The answer is in the God of that book. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, help us to have a vision of a better way. Lord, as I looked through your word this week and I saw those that had a plan. Now, Lord, you, you, you told them what to do, but, Lord, they yielded to your providence. And I think the thing that we're missing today is we're looking at our strength and our ability and we're formulating plans rather than coming before you saying, God, would you lead and guide and direct us in a better way? We're failing in this matter of claiming your promises and fearing your name. I pray, Lord, that the vision of Nehemiah and that vision this morning would be across this building and men and women and grandparents and teens alike to say there is a better way for our nation. May we seek your face. Bless our invitation today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.